All right, everyone. Welcome back to the BeFit Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Murphy, here with the Boston legend, Dan DeStefano. Spot on. Not DeStefano. Um, also, a.k.a. Pickles, that you probably know him as in the community. Um, I was introduced to Dan through mutual um, Boston fitness professionals. I think the first time I met you was at Sarah White's class at Big Night Live. You came in just like hustling, probably from teaching three classes earlier in the morning. Um, came in and everyone was like, oh my gosh, you need to meet Pickles. And everyone just kept saying like, do you know Pickles? Do you know Pickles? Do you need to meet him? And then finally we started training together and I started learning a little bit more about what he does, not only in the fitness community, but in the community in Boston in general. And was just um, really, really, uh, really excited to have him on the show to talk about it, but also someone who... Um, has made a name off of doing, in my opinion, the right things for the right people for the right reasons. So thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you having me. Um, you know, we had a, we had a discussion <laughs> before we, we, we went live on here, which maybe we can cut some clips from that. But I think a big piece outside of, hey, you know, Dan, what do you do for work is, is how he does it. But I want to kind of set the stage and I want you to kind of set the stage of the things you're involved in and then maybe give some people some insight if they, if they are either interested in going down the same route or are doing the same route of how you've had so much success in it. Yeah. So Connor, I uh, appreciate you having me. Of course, I remember our first date, 30, 2010, Wall Balls, Calvaro. It was like 7 p.m. at Invictus. Um, but that's kind of one of the ways I've been able to build a following and build a community is finding like-minded individuals with similar passions. Um, and just kind of showing up every day. You know, I think one of the things I really pride myself on is discipline and that's just doing the right things every day, getting out of bed, making it happen, making a routine, like, and always, you know, one of the things that I feel like we vibe with is like always with a smile on our face. You know, we could be having the worst day, um, with shit hitting the fan. But with that being said, you know, we know we can take care of it. We're going to do it with a smile on our face and we know we're going to come out on the other side. So, but no, I moved to Boston three years ago. Um, I got into fitness when I graduated college in 2015 and I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I just left my master's program. I didn't tell my parents. My dad called the registrar. He's like, Hey, like I'm here to, you know, pay Dan Stefano's master's bill. And they're like, who's that? <laughs> And he was like, Dan DeStefano, he already did one semester. And they're like, yeah, you know, he's not involved anymore. And I called my dad and, you know, I have to give a huge shout out to my parents. They've always been supportive, always been loving. Um, and one of the things was like, hey, like you're accustomed to a certain lifestyle, like go figure it out. And it's kind of one of those things, like no matter what you pick, A, make sure you like it because you're doing going to be doing it the rest of your life. And B, um, just work hard at it, whatever it is, whatever you find value in. Um, but anyway, my dad called me and he yelled at me first. He's like, what the hell? Why didn't you tell me? Um, but then that kind of led into fitness. I had all this time in the world. I didn't want to work a corporate job. I couldn't sit down, you know, kind of was very hard keeping my attention to one thing. Um, and I found uh, this spin gym that my friend used to own called Urban Life Athletics. And they did spin hit and CrossFit. And it was kind of a big thing for me where all my time up until I was 22 was sports. Everything I did was for sports. Everything was for college lacrosse. Everything was trying to go play collegiate lacrosse, you know, and that training starts, you know, when you're eight, when you're six and it kind of guides you, your path and your lifestyle. And after school, I was so lost. Like I just had nothing to do. And I was lucky. One of my friends, Amanda dragged me to a spin class in Burlington, Vermont. And I kind of make the joke, like she created the monster. Like she like opened up the door um, and I just started the coolest thing about fitness that I found was it kind of gave you a flexible lifestyle in the sense that, you know, I would train, this is back in the day when I was teaching 35 classes a week, like 10 to 20 personal training sessions, just doing as much volume as I can. And you know, as well as anybody, that's not sustainable. But the grind, the <laughs> it absolute is the, fucking it, grind. It is the grind. And I loved it. I loved what I was doing and it made waking up at four 30, more bearable and going to bed at, you know, 10. Okay. Like I loved what I was doing. I loved the people I was meeting. And that was one of the things I found is I was meeting and seeing a hundred people a week, 200 people a week, 300 people a week. 
and I was in charge of one of their greatest assets, which was their body. And they trusted me. And then as I went and tried other business ventures and I've tried everything under the sun, um, just looking to see what would stick. Right. And the two things I was looking for when I was going into businesses was, do I like it? Can I do it for five years? Cause I genuinely believe it takes five plus years to become an expert at anything. Um, and can I hit it big? So that was kind of one of the hardest things I found with fitness. And I love fitness. I'll be in fitness forever. But it was, you know, it was an hourly rate. I was trading hours um, for money and money for time. And I was like, how the hell do I get ahead? Um, and I had this awesome mentor. And I believe like mentorship and who you surround yourself with is so important. And he was literally like, hey, like, just come work out with me on Sunday. Like just show up. Doesn't matter if you're hungover. And I'm 23 partying on Syracuse University Hill. Like I'm hungover. Like he's like, just show up, just do it. And that's one of the things where we see eye to eye on you and me is that we'll show up. If someone asks us to be there and that person is important to us or we find value in the thing, you know, we will show up. Might not always be the prettiest, you know, our mascara might be down our face, um, but we'll get there. And with that being said, I learned a lot through osmosis with him and this was diving in the New York City real estate mar um excuse me New York City fitness market when Barry's was still newer soul cycle was newer the concept of group classes was um still relatively fresh and it was kind of like starting to really grow and he introduced me to a lot of cool brands a lot of cool companies but he kind of showed me how to act so for the record I was 23 and he was probably um Eric don't kill me I don't want to age you but he's probably 33 34 at the time um, Which is still young, by the way. Still 30, young. 33 in particular is a very, very young, <laughs> ripe age for someone to be. <clears throat> you're, you're biased. Not, no, I'm kidding. Um, but no, it's just like I had this awesome mentorship figure where I wanted to learn and he was introducing me to all these cool people and concepts and this was investing in startups and you know, this was kind of the forefront of social media market, marketing and I remember like this was back in 2016, I was like, I'm never going to post a story. Now, like people get annoyed with me. They have to mute me. You know what I mean? Um, the king of content. <laughs> um, well, you can thank my dog for that. That's like the stable, the staple of my content. If I don't know what to do, everybody loves a cute dog, cute dog, a cute kid. I always, I always like search through and it's, it's so interesting viewing your social media. It's funny that you were like, people have to mute me. It's like, it's, it's not like you, it's not, no one's forcing it. It's not like you click yeah. on your profile and you're like, oh, here's two hours for the content <laughs> yeah. I got to look through, but it's always it's always so interesting to me that you're documenting that because it allows me to think, Hey, there's, you still have more in the tank that you were, you know, that you were out, you know, you were having uh, you know, you were having dinner with a friend and then the next morning, you know, you were teaching two classes before most people were awake and then you're on your real estate grind and then you're back in the gym and you're the fact that you can document that I think is very inspiring. And I think that the people who have that maybe even thought process jokingly or not joking to be like, Oh, I got to mute this person. It's not because it's like, hey, I don't want to see what they're up to. It's like, hey, when I say my day was busy and then I see everything that Dan's up to, I was like, hey, maybe I wasn't that busy. Yeah. Maybe it's an envy. Maybe it's a jealousy thing. It, you know, it could be that, but I'm hoping it serves more as a little inspiration. Like I can do a little bit more. I can you know, kind of pursue my passions that might not seem my goals that might not seem reachable or attainable at the time. Um, but that's kind of the biggest thing is it's really social media has been really cool as a way to document my past you know, cause I used to post a lot more back in the day and I can kind of see myself like in my grind where I would say probably pre COVID it was like, I don't know, um, how I'm going to hit it big. I have all these connections. I have all these friends. I have all these passions. It's kind of like what is going to work for me to turn this, you know, career into a lifestyle, um, and something that's sustainable. And that grind was like trying everything like, um, screen printing, manufacturing, crypto, website development, digital marketing. And now I'm, I feel blessed where I have a path, right? Where I can take this work ethic and funnel it into a couple of channels that really, I'm really passionate about and really enjoy. Something I want to touch on that you said earlier <clears throat> that I think a lot of people misunderstand. And you said, it, you know, you had mentioned or referenced discipline. And I think so many times there's negative connotation that people have with discipline because people think discipline, they think like, oh, being disciplined, you know, if someone, someone has discipline they're you know, they're not going out at night or they're not doing all of these things where when I see you, which I would say 
you know, out of the, the group in Boston, one of the more disciplined people that I know, you're able, it's like your discipline allows you to do so many different things. And it's not that you're like, oh, discipline means, you know, you only eat chicken rice and you're only like, you, you, you know, you never drink, but you have things that you're committed to and you're so disciplined that you'll do those regardless of the other things going on. I'd love to hear kind of your thought process or, or how you got to that. It sounds like Eric was like, Hey, you know, kind of the start of it being like, Hey, just show up no matter you know what it is. But I think that's incredibly inspiring for people that are either on their grind or that just need some direction. You know, they don't want to give up like this fun party lifestyle, but they also like need that direction. Someone like you who does it like to a T I think is, is incredibly inspiring. So I'd love to hear like more about that or how you developed or came into that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like anything you go through phases, right? Like there was a point when I'm from like when I was 24 to 26, where all I did was work and work out. It didn't matter. Like I worked out 10 to noon, went and ate lunch, worked out two to four, taught in the morning, taught in the afternoon, taught in the evening. And I would say like the balance of my life was not very good. Like I was working, working out, teaching, meeting people and sleeping. Um, so with that being said, like, I feel like anything, you're going to go through phases where you feel really lost. You feel like you're making other sacrifices for certain things. And then there's going to be the other side of it when you feel like you have some really good flexibility and really good balance. Um, but I think going to those extremes sometimes is good so you can appreciate it on the other end. And, you know, I can't, um, be mad about it where maybe some of my relationships didn't flourish as much as they could have just because I was so focused on other things. But in three years of teaching fitness, four years of teaching fitness, I was able to join, in my opinion, the best fitness company in the world, Barry's. Like they gave me an opportunity. So I do believe there is, there's the good side of it where you're growing, you're learning, you're becoming an expert in whatever field you want to be in. And of course, there's going to be sacrifices on the other end, but that's also the hard part is what are those sacrifices? If you're spending more time at work, what is kind of being, um, forgotten about. And I think that's part of like any relationship or like anything you're doing, like you're going to have those ups and downs. But that was the one thing I knew is I was like, I love helping people. And this is like the vehicle, how I can help people. And that's <clears throat> obviously through fitness, but as well as I think the success that you've had in, you know, a number of areas, I can't even count that high. But with, with everything that you're doing, I think also involves around like the personal relationships, which when it comes down to it, it comes down to the same thing. It's like showing up. You know, I've, I've yet to make a plan with you where you didn't show up or you were like, at least without, you know, not like a, like a last minute, hey, we can't do this. And I find that a lot of people say, yeah, I'd do that and then don't end up doing it. But you're someone who always follows through. And I think that's like a big key to discipline and for people trusting you. You know, you're, you're training these people, but you're also investing in them outside of it. And was there ever a time that you saw yourself not doing that? Or was it just something that was always just, you know, kind of innate in who you are? I think it was kind of during, um, I think it's built within, built within me because I don't like letting people down and like that can be a blessing and a curse. You know, you don't know when to kind of take your foot off the gas or hit the brakes. Um, and I'm definitely a little bit of a people pleaser. You know, I'd rather take like the path of least resistance on some things. Um, but it's been one of those things where I found like once people trust you and you earn that trust, it's very easy to lose, but it's such a strong, um, like superpower to have like that bond with somebody. Like the biggest thing I kind of tell people and tell myself is like, I could lose everything tomorrow, like dollar, you know, I could lose everything. But the one thing that always hurts the most is like relationships you know, that like relationships I use, whether it's just friends, family, um, which I'm, I feel blessed. I haven't had to do that too much, but it's like, I would rather lose a million dollars every day than like lose some of my best friends or significant other or family members, you know, cause money comes and goes, but those relationships and that trust that you have with people is like, once you have that trust with somebody, like it's a really special thing to be able to count on other people and vice versa. Um, but that's what I found, especially in business people trusted me in fitness and they would at least give me the op other opportunities. Um, and that's how I kind of segmented into my manufacturing business, um, which is back home in Syracuse. And my business partner is the same way, like an awesome guy. Like I feel blessed that I've never had any um, business relationships go sour, which I think is very unique. 
Um, but that was really how I was able to do well in real estate early on is I had these people, I had the support system of the company I'm with, which is huge. So if I knew if I didn't know the answer, I knew someone who did. And on the other side of it, I had people who would at least trust me um, with another one of their biggest assets, which is their condo or house. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, we, we reference this all the time in, in different podcasts and in different areas of business, but being a trusted source is so much better than, you know, having a billboard. You know, I think like real estate, you've seen the movie, I love you, man. No, I haven't. You haven't seen, I love you. No, man. you need to add go it, home add it to the to do. I haven't like, turned on my TV in a while. It's uh, <laughs> it's like one of the, um, it's the same guys who played in forgetting Sarah Marshall, but they okay. almost have like flipped roles. But one of them is a, is a realtor and the other one like helps him with like these like giant billboards, of, like we can sell your home type thing. And it's like, all that stuff is great. You know, being like, oh, you know, Dan, like the best salesman in the West, you know, it's like yeah. this like giant billboard or you can have someone be like, Hey, this person helped me with my home and they really took care of me. This is the person that you need to. It's like people would be your best assets if you are a trusted source. And it seems like the, the, the way that you take the responsibility of having someone's health in your hands via fitness is the same way that you take it with real estate, which is why I would imagine that you haven't had any like business deals gone sour and why I've yet to meet a single person who has a single negative thing to say about you is because you have these genuine relationships, like the one-on-one, the small relationships matter. And it seems like in every area that, you know, that everything that you do, you find success in because of those relationships. Exactly. Um, and it's one of those things is kind of just doing the little things right every day. You know, you said it in the CrossFit gym uh, last week. And that's one of the moments I love, as you know, we don't say in the general grand scheme of things, like when you're new to a city, which I was, it's find what you're passionate about and join those groups. You know, for me, how I met people was berries, um, cause I love fitness and the dog park and other kind of passions where you bring like-minded people together or what you're interested in. It's a little easier to make friends. Um, you know, so kind of putting yourself out there, but with that being said, coming back to that, we were working out. And you said it was, uh, what, hold the standard. It was hold the standard. And it was like, you know, it was the bigger picture of once you set a bar for yourself or expectations, it's like get there every time. And it kind of, when you do the little things right over and over, it bleeds into other aspects of your life, right? So if you're doing a squat correctly every time or you run through the clock, not literally, but you run to the end of the workout then it's like when you're sitting here in the evening in the office and you have five minutes of work left instead of shutting down your laptop, you're like, all right, like, fuck it. I'm going to finish it. You know, and it kind of bleeds over to other ways where you don't cut corners. And when you stop cutting corners, people really start to trust you. And speaking from even in that gym, you know, Denise Thomas is a mentor of mine, someone that I was able to coach with. She always said, how you do anything is how you do everything. And of course there's people who can like poke holes in that. And it's like, well, you know, I don't, I don't spend as much time folding my clothes because I, totally. I, I can do other things that like my time is more valuable than anything else. But into the same sense, it's like when you hold that standard with one thing and why I think people in the fitness industry are so trustworthy is because they're not people who are trying to cut corners. Like if you come in and do a workout with us at, at 830, it is a miserable, nasty workout. We don't do it because we enjoy suffering. Some of us maybe a little bit. But we do it because we we love the adaptation that it garners from high intensity workouts with functional movements. And very rarely do you see someone who puts themselves out there and doesn't cut any corners in fitness, but then just an absolute dirt bag in the rest of their life. Yeah. So it's like that it does definitely go hand in hand. And like the biggest thing is like showing up, like we'll take all fitness levels. And obviously there's nuances, right? If you're injured or you can't do high impact stuff or you're not there yet, totally okay. There's other options. But I mean, you know, we've always been very inclusive. Like our group grew from us two to three to four to five. And now Hurley joins us every Friday, which is awesome. And, you know, a couple of things to note about that is the energy of just being around like-minded people. Like you might not be able to do power cleans, sit there and ride a bike. You know, you will become a better person, whether you have something looking forward to on Friday or whether you're enjoying the atmosphere or whether you're actually becoming a little more fit than sitting at home. And it truly is like a judgment-free zone. And, you know, you kind of realize like the biggest things that are in the way to our success are like what 
we think of ourselves and our, you know, what we think other people are going to think of us when you realize like it, we're in our own way. And like, to put it nicely, like when we're working out, I don't really care what Hurley does. I don't care what you do, you know, in the sense that like we're in this atmosphere together, working together towards a common goal. But at the end of the day, like if you want to do the prescribed workout and I want to do 10 less pounds and somebody else wants to ride a bike or just, you know, do some core, it's more about putting yourself in the environment. And that's kind of where I found a lot of success in the city is getting out of your apartment, puts you in front of endless opportunities. Like is a, um, is like we met at Sarah White's class, which Sarah White and Juliana are awesome ladies. Like I have so much respect for what they do and their hustle is a yoga class on my top priority list. Sorry. No, it's top five though. Um, but with that being said, where I find value is showing up, supporting my friends, but you never know who you're going to meet, you know, whether it's another fitness instructor, um, somebody that you could become good friends with, or even just showing up for your people, you know, just kind of like being able to show up. And that's kind of the biggest thing is like, you just got to get out of your apartment. You just got to show up. You just got to do it. A hundred percent. And with, you know, even that being said, you know, when, when Sarah and I went down to do this, like the retreat and we kind of did like a pre-trip for the retreat that we're running in December. And when we were down there, it was like, I'm going to work out in the morning. And the person from celebration travel was like, well, I'd love to do a workout with you. And she's like, well, I can't, you know, I can't do the same workout that you'll do. And I'm like, no, we'll be taken care of. And so every morning, Zach, Sarah, Jen, and myself were doing these workouts. And then we were able to combine. It's like, Hey, I, you know, I'm taking people through like a little CrossFit workout. And then we were doing like another little like thing for like Sarah's yoga class and do a, it's funny. Is, is a yoga class on the top of my priority list? No. Should it be probably relative to, yeah. to what my body is feeling. <laughs> but now in the same way, it's like, because she is such a genuine and good person, I want to support her no matter what it is. And that, that kind of leads back to in a similar sense, if I'm going to run an event, it's like, if I'm there to support other people and they see that rather than me saying, Hey, I support you. It's like, you go there and you show up and it's like, it, it lowers the barrier of entry for someone to then show up for you, which it can be in fitness. It can be in real estate. It can be with, with investing in companies and all sorts of different things. Exactly. And that's kind of one of the things is we're such, whether you're introverted or extroverted, we are very social people. And that's like, we saw it during COVID, you know, like I have a younger sister and I can't imagine how sitting at home, 16 year olds on your phone now, Snapchat, Instagram, how it affected people just because we're all meant to be interacting with each other. And that's kind of one of the things that I think people are lacking and what I try to build within my life and my classes and, you know, my businesses is camaraderie, you know, says it's like, I always like when I first started real estate, I had a colleague with me and it was like really nice that like when the ship was sinking, it was, we were at least going down together and we could kind of bitch about it. And you know, when the tide was um, lifting, like it lifted everybody. So I think that's the biggest thing is like, you see it in team sports and businesses. It's like the camaraderie and how you interact with other people is so important. And sometimes people don't understand like how powerful their words or gestures can be. And it doesn't have to be this wild act of appreciation, but like the, the little things, once again, like saying something nice or not being a dick or showing up or opening the door for somebody. Um, but it's so easy to get caught up in the day to day life and the stress of that. So it's really easy to have that community around you to like, not only do I keep people in check, but people also keep me in check. Like, Hey Dan, you need to do this. You need to do that. Like we need this from you as a company. So it's really good to have both sides of it as well. Cause you know, I'm not perfect. I think I am, but I'm definitely not. I think you are. <laughs> um, yeah. My, my good buddy, Austin, we'd always have this discussion, uh, you know, when we were training, um, particularly for the CrossFit games on a team. And anytime you train alone, it was like, oh, it was a good training session, but it just, it didn't hit the same way. And he would always say, it's not as much what you're doing as much as it is how you're doing it and who you're doing it with. And I think that falls in line with what you were talking about. And like the real estate, like if, if you're going down solo, man, it's a dark path. Yeah. But if you got a group of people and it's like almost that like shared suffering in any, yeah. I mean, it's the same as when we train, when we work out, 
I think that I think it's pretty it's pretty profound that that you have this group of people in every aspect of of work and business that you do that you know you have that that trust and that that camaraderie um, with and you know it makes things makes life a little easier almost a little bit more worth it exactly um, and I think that's kind of one of the things coming back to social media is like I rarely complain. Do I gossip sometimes? Yes. Um, <laughs> but I rarely complain. Tell me the goods. <laughs> Hurley, turn off the mic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but with that being said, like I rarely complain. I believe, you know, there's like, there's three cups. It's the stuff you can control and change. It's the stuff you can't control and change, but you can influence. And there's the shit you can't control at all. And it's like, if I can't control it or can't influence it, I'm not going to worry about it. And it's not for lack of caring. It just means I need to take a different approach to fix this if I want to. Um, but with that being said, like, you know, on social media, everyone like we glamorize everything, everything looks good. And it's just like, I think everyone needs to understand, like we're all working hard at what we want and we all care about. And it's like, it's not that we're not struggling with whatever it is. It's just like, you know, you're either going to take a proactive approach to it or you're not. And I think that's one of my kind of superpowers is, and I think it's a bigger thing and probably what, you know, you saw when you were training, um, it's like that you got to be hopeful for the future, you know? And if there's like, and I'm sure you saw people when you were training for the Navy, um, like the people like who weren't hopeful for the future or lost faith or lost the vision, like they were probably some of the guys that struggled the most. Um, and it's the same thing in life. And I feel like that's what you see is our lifestyles are very active in the sense that we're bopping around trying to create new opportunities for ourselves. And I'm always hopeful that I can find the next opportunity or figure out the problem that's at hand. Right. But if you lose that sight and vision for the future, whether it's your career or your personal life, like she can get pretty dark. It's, you know, it's amazing that you would reference that. I never really speak on that behalf and like Navy training, but it reminded me of one person, um, I won't say his name just for, I mean, it's not like he's listening to this. Yeah. Considered him one of my best friends, looked up to him. Um, we would hang out all the time, but just had the worst outlook on life. And we're talking about a guy who's like incredibly good looking, fantastic dancer. Did like, I mean, anything he would do, he would do well, but just had this such negative outlook on everything. And if other people were succeeding, that weren't even up to par with him because it, it was hard to be as as talented and good looking and I mean he was willing to work hard but just that attitude was the demise of everything in his life yeah of his job of what happened to him in the navy and relationships and it's like dude I love this guy to death but he just hey if other people had success he was just so negative about it yeah and I think about that and I'm like he had more potential which is my least favorite word in the American dictionary because. Uh, I just like when someone says potential, it just means like you're not doing it. Yeah. It's like, totally. Oh, that person has potential. And it's like, well, I'd rather have the person who was like Dan, who's just doing it rather yeah. than someone who has the potential of doing it, but they're fucking not for whatever reason. Totally. And you're so right. Like that attitude is is the, you know, and, and I'm, I mean, I haven't spoken to him in years and I think he's, you know, like gotten to like a better path and, and moving on. But man, it, you know, you, you think about it, no matter where someone is, like someone who constantly has a good attitude is someone you always want to be around. Yeah. And those opportunities will find them too. Like when I was looking for people to work with in a couple of different industries, you know, it kind of got to the point where it's like, I don't need a highly skilled person. I need someone that wants to work and that will love what they're doing. You know, I would rather take someone that's a little more unskilled that you have to train, but loves what they're doing and has a good work ethic and kind of gets it and give them the opportunity than somebody who has already established themselves, but might be a cancer to the team. Right. And that's yeah. kind of the thing you realize is we kind of, that's where a lot of my opportunities have come from is, you know, people knew I was new to real estate at the time, like brand spanking new. Like I used to, and I used to like, people would call and ask me questions and I'd be like, I'm under the big dig. I can't hear you. Hang up. <laughs> Figure out the answer. <laughs> I would Google the answer or call my, um, <laughs> call my boss. And then I would be like, Oh, I'm out of the big dig. Let him know. And somebody's like, wow, dude, you're spending a lot of time in the big dig. <laughs> so love, it, love it here. Yeah. So if you're not from the Boston <laughs> yeah. area, what he's referencing is an actual tunnel 
it goes from one side of Boston to like East Boston. Exactly. And it's, uh, it's underneath the Boston Harbor, <laughs> which the cell service is totally fine. It is totally fine. They thought they thought through that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> spilling all the trade secrets. Um, Someone right now is like, damn it. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Dan. Um, but with that being said, I had um, a lot of people that were like, this guy will work hard. He will, he will figure it out. Um, and that's kind of all I needed and what I prided myself on. And that's, I think, you know, on the other end of it, it was like, you know, I'm kind of, we talked about earlier, like, you know, how do you balance it? And there was a point where I didn't, I was like, I need to be up. I need to be the first one up. People respect that I'm up before 6am when the first of all, there's a million people up before 6am. I'm just the one posting about it on social media. <laughs> like there, there are way more people. Shit, I'd be the only one then, man. <laughs> um, but with that being said, there was a point where my identity was I'm working hard and that kind of engulfed me to the point where I was like, why am I working at 4 PM on a Saturday when I really don't need to be like, I could totally be somewhere else or like my family or my friends or a significant other. And it's like, what the hell am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, and I wasn't actually moving the bar. I was just aimlessly working hard. Um, so that's kind of one of the things now where I can be a little more thoughtful of my effort and where it provides results, where we all go through it in different forms, where it's just like, why am I here? What am I doing this? I'm not getting better. And it's kind of like the saying, like, you know, you go to the beach with your family and you're thinking about work so, you know, you ruin your relationship with your family and then it's like you go to work and you think about your family. So then you ruin the relationship with work where it's, you get to the point eventually where I feel very lucky I'm here now where I can be a little bit more thoughtful and intentional about my actions and energy. How can you direct that for someone who's going through the same struggle? Because I feel like that's such a common thing where people are like, I'm on that grind, I'm grinding. And it's like, like, slow down, playa. You don't need to be grinding right now. Like, yeah. how, how did you come to that realization? What can help someone who, who may be in that same spot? I think it's very easy for me to look back now that I don't, you know, kind of need to do that, like, thoughtless, like, grinding. But I think it's kind of one of those things that you're all, we're all going through it. But just be thoughtful about who's responding to it, right? Whether it's your friends, whether it's your family, are you missing things? Are people giving you feedback? of like, Hey, I need you here. I want you here. And kind of just don't be like, Oh, I need to go work for, you know, $15 an hour. Back in the day I used to, you know, back in the day, personal training in Syracuse was 40 bucks an hour and I got $15 a class. And there was a time and point when I needed to be doing that. Um, but other than that, it's like, be cognizant of the feedback you're getting from it. You know, if someone's asking you to be somewhere else for them, like, I will say that personal relationship will probably take you farther than the couple bucks or hour you spend, you know, trying to do something else. But I feel like we all, we all go through that in some capacity. And it's kind of like, it's one of those things, like you can get as much feedback from other people, other things, but eventually you get to the point where you're like, I need to change. And once you decide you need to change, that's when you really change. Like we just had a conversation with somebody in the lobby and I was like, hey, you got to be back on your fitness grind. Remember how happy you were, this and that. And you were like, all right, let's do this. Like, find me a time, find me a time. And I was like, ah, like, okay, later I'll do it. And you can tell, like, you need to have the best intentions for yourself. And it, it ebbs and it totally ebbs and flows. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I, it's such an important topic that, you know, when you say that, I have like a direct person who comes to mind. And you're like, man, how do you how do you get through to that person that like, you know, the extra overtime shift really isn't, isn't going to make or break you. Yep. Like, you know, that's not going to be the difference about, about you getting like, you know, a, a Falcon 900 and a Falcon 70. Like, yeah. like that's not going to be the determining factor, but, but spending more time on the relationships is probably what's going to like make you happier in the long run. So it's, it's hard. It's the, it's the ebbs and flows of life. You go through the highs, you go through the lows, but as long as you're, um, excited about the future, whichever way it goes, like as long as you have that hopefulness for like a better life or your dream being fulfilled or whatever it may be, like it kind of keeps you on the right course, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So what are you, what are you involved in now? I mean, I know you're, I mean, I just look at your Instagram profile and I'm like, shit, there's all this stuff going on. What is, 
rather than talking about the balance and how you do it, what do you, what all do you have going on now? Um, so right now I walk my dog and no, I'm kidding. Um, I won't give you the day to day. Uh, a couple of things I'm pursuing is of course, berries. I love the fitness studio. I think we have the best workout in the world. I think we have the best trainers in the world. I think we have the best product in the world. Um, for those of you that don't know, it's interval training on the treadmill and weights in the floor. Um, but it is a combined class. So there's 50 people in a class. It's really fun. There's a lot of camaraderie, but it's the same thing where we have a lot of uh, deterrence because people are worried about working out in public or not holding up to par, but it's like, you know, those treadmills, you can walk at two miles per hour and you can also sprint at 15 and there's people everywhere in the middle and it's different age groups and genders. Um, so that's kind of one of those things where I found a lot of like uh, pushback of getting people in there, but you also learn how to convince people to come, but also support them through their journey. Cause you know, it's just like starting anything new. You're so nervous, like so nervous, anything new. Like I don't want to mess up. I don't want to be embarrassed. And it's like, everybody has a day one. Um, so leading into the next thing is now I'm a real estate advisor with Engel and Volkers. Uh, so I work mostly out of our shop in back Bay, but we have three shops here. So I advise on buying, selling and leasing in Boston and the greater Boston area. And that was kind of one of the biggest things is as people saw me have success early on, and, um, real estate, a lot of people ask at coffee, kind of talk about how you did it. And I told them, I was like, it's going to take me five years to become very, very good at this and like build an empire. And I was just like, I started my day one, like two years ago. And they were like, ah, like I'm going to wait to take the test. I'm going to do this. I'm like, listen, it's going to take you five years to become really good at anything and an expert. Like you should have started yesterday. You know what I mean? Like when you start to kind of flip that approach of being nervous and then you put that timeline of no matter what you choose, it's going to take five years to be good at it. Like shit, I should have started yesterday. I should have started a month ago. I should have, you know what I mean? Like, and then the other part, um, and that was when we were recruiting new agents and it's like getting people excited at the opportunity. Um, so I'm an uh, advisor with Engel and Volkers and that's been fantastic. It's been another um, avenue to help people uh, kind of, navigate an industry that nobody really knows much about. You know, when I, when I first started, I didn't know anything about buying a house. I just took the test. I knew the lead paint was 1978 and I knew there was like 40,000 square feet in an acre, which is not relevant. Um, that's something that I bet a lot of people are going to take home with them. Exactly. If you learn out anything of, from here out of this one hour conversation. Um, and then the last thing, um, the two things I have going on is I have a manufacturing company back home. My business partner runs it. Um, his name is Drew. He's absolutely fantastic. He's an expert in his craft, which his craft is screen printing and manufacturing. So embroidering hats, screen printing shirts. Um, and you know, I'm kind of more of like, I'm meeting a lot of people. I'm kind of supportive. Um, we both helped back it in the beginning and that's kind of my last part is I'm looking at investment opportunities. And a lot of it is I don't know m much when I first meet the companies about investing in them, but I meet the people and I'm like, you're a winner. I was like, you could sell me this pen and I would buy it. You know, so a lot of these companies I'm investing in now, um, Slate Milk, 10,000, Wallaco, uh, and there's a couple others. Um, but with that being said, I was like, that person knows how to win like that person. If they're truly passionate about what they're building, then they're going to go to the top. Um, and that's been one of the opportunities is as you start investing in companies, you know, it's the earlier you get in, the more opportunity you have to um, make your money back. So that was the cool thing about fitness is I was meeting so many people and a lot of these co-founders and brand marketers and these entrepreneurs, you know, who are taking risks with their companies they also had this mindset where they're taking care of their body. So we'd meet in class and, you know, I'd be like, Oh, like, what do you do? I do this, I do this. And then the kind of dots would start to align. Mm -hmm. Um, and the coolest thing about social media is I consider it like kind of a friendship, um, management tool. So as you're creating friends, everybody's starting to follow you, you're starting to follow them. Um, so it's a really cool way to kind of learn about people before, you know, as you start to meet them, but it's also very creepy. Like, if you wanted to find me on Wednesday, you could probably find me or be 30 minutes behind, um, which is kind of what I started to get away from a little bit. I used to do a lot of like brand posting, working with brands, um, promoting their content. 
but I just found a lot of it. Like I was doing more for the money and wasn't passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And it was a great opportunity to earn a quick buck, but it felt like kind of inauthentic, you know? So I was like, I eat three every day to help keep me strong. Like, you know, like you would be like, Oh, like, I don't know. Like I think one of the most um, absurd ones, which is actually like, they're a very good product and I do vibe with them is uh, the good wipes, butt wipes, like the adult, like, um, the adult wipes <laughs> and I got such a feedback. People like, Oh, like how could you post about that on your Instagram? Like wiping your butt. I'm like, you don't fucking wipe your butt. Like, <laughs> like, can we, can we go, can we dive in? Can we just diverge for a second and dive into what is the norm and how people wipe at any point in time? If I, if I have like, you know, a lovely meal and my hands are dirty, yeah, there is never a point where I just grab tissue pit like i'm gonna wash my hands i'm gonna use some sort of water exactly yet when you defecate they're just like oh yeah just some dry stuff and you should be good to go yeah uh, the i think the thought process behind it um isn't great and they're definitely i mean some of these products like here we have baby wipes let's make them cool for adults yeah boom there you go million dollar business idea I think it, people are weird when I like carry when like I you know when I travel for seminars yeah I'm like minimal like I'll carry a backpack I don't know the last time I've traveled for weeks at a time I don't carry a backpack but I always carry baby wipes people are like why I'm like to wipe my butt after I poop <laughs> and people are just like, oh. like yeah, yeah I'm like yeah. oh well, do you not poop but that is one of the biggest things right of like why people really start to trust you and what happens when you show up every day day after day after day is it's like holy shit, this guy's genuine. Like, this is him. Like, this is the Connor Murphy I am getting. And I either like him or I don't. But it starts to really build this trust when people realize it's not a show. Yeah. Um, when people realize that Dan does use butt wipes. That Yes, that is normally the tipping point on my friendships. So like, wow, he uses butt wipes. I need to be his friend. I'm like a, <laughs> you know, I invested in the bidet. So yeah. Got like the squatty potty and bidet. Now I'm like, I'm a very, very... I'm like a fancy pooper. Like I, other people, like I used to be able to poop anywhere. Yeah. Porter potties, no, no seat cover anything. I was just, you know, we just go in. We wouldn't even high dive it. Oh, I have a story that's like, like the, the worst possible experience in a porter <laughs> potty. I was, I was playing baseball. I wouldn't yeah. even go into it, but it was, it was a porter potty experience that it's, it was bad. But now anyways, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fancy pooper. Now we got like my whole setup at home and that's where I, I do most of my business. I mean, that's kind of one of the things of like making it, I think is right. Like a bidet. Well, I mean, it's like a tushy. It's like a hundred dollars yeah. on Amazon. I had a, one of my clients in St. Thomas had like settings on the toilet that you could get, like hit before water you pressure, temperature, I mean, you, forward, backwards, side you open to side. The door and yeah. the toilet seat opens and it's like, like a, like a little <laughs> scent goes down there, like yeah. setting one and it has like the heat dry and all sorts of stuff. I'm like, that's when you know you've made it. Right now, you know, I'm just, you know, just play pimping, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you come man. over anytime. You can could, you could test it out. I'm coming over, <laughs> playing some Mario Kart. We're having a couple beers. We're hanging out. Um, but it was funny, you know, kind of when I moved to Boston was kind of me pulling myself out of that grind, like that really dark space of really hard work. Like there was a point where like I probably never went out. What, what year was it? This would have been, why are you making me do math? I'm the, general public uh divide the two no so i was 24 24 to 26 this would have been like 20 2017 to 2019 when i moved here um and i was doing it was actually it was kelly whitaker who now is a very good friend and i dm'd her and i was like hey i'm coming to class i was seeing an ex here at the time um so i was looking at boston to move either boston or new york i just knew i outgrew syracuse and I needed more people, more opportunities. Um, and I was like, hey, can you play Rick Ross? And she, at, we absolutely vibed on that. Like I came to class, we became friends. Um, and through that connection, I actually ended up getting an interview to teach here. And like Barry's, like when you became a Barry's trainer, like it was like making it. And as soon as they asked me to move here, I was like, hell yeah. I packed up my dog, put her in the U-Haul. I was like, we out. I just moved right out of Syracuse. That's big ups to Rose, Ricky Rose. <laughs> like like Rick Ross changed my life. I don't know how many people say that. Rick, if you're listening to this, Mr. Ross, if you're listening to this, we just want to give you a thank you. And 
Yeah. Is he coming back here anytime soon? Uh, I'd have to check the calendar. Come Her, back. Come Hurley, back do you know us. when he's back here? I think he has residency. He comes back like every other month. So I, I owe him a hug. We could make that happen. That'd be really cool. Like big Rick Ross and little me, like just hugging it out. You know, he lost like 60 pounds when he had like CrossFit trainers out on the road with him. And Good for him. He was at the interview. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm doing CrossFit now. They got me eating pears and shit. And then for like a year, <laughs> everyone would just comment pears on his, all of his Instagram posts. It was amazing. So many trolls out there. It was so good. So after, after that in Boston, is yeah. it just one? Where do you teach at? So I teach in Back Bay downtown in Chestnut Hill. Um, and that was, you know, that's what I've always be, always be grateful for the Bears community is having a job that pulled me out of my apartment, like allowed me to make, um, friends easier. It allowed me to meet people. It allowed me to just get out of my apartment. Cause you know, during COVID when you sit in a box and the apartments aren't big here, you can kind of go crazy. Mm-hmm. And the coolest, the coolest thing about this story, in my opinion, is this Sunday, my best friend from college, Makoa is marrying the love of his life, Becky. And they met because I moved here and Becky and her girlfriends crashed our boys night in the basement of Lucky's. So it was probably like a month here. I'm out with the guys. We're all just having fun, doing guy stuff like, you know, rock, paper, scissors, rap battling, typical guy stuff. Um, and Becky and her friends crashed our night. And literally from that night, it's been like the coolest display of like loyalty and love and like trust of like, we don't have everything together, but we'll figure out how we work together and how it works is like three years later, they get married on Sunday. That's amazing. Where are they getting married at? The Boston Public Library. So it's such it's such a cool thing. And it's like you never know what's going to happen unless you put yourself out there. And it can be a blessing and a curse. It's always like, what if, what if, what if, what if? And that's how I end up at the Grand sometimes. I'm, sit- I'm sitting at home. I'm like, what if I go out tonight? And shout out to Connor. Connor doesn't know this. But one night, Connor introduced me to... Uh, is it Frankie? No. Who works the, who is the, who runs the grand, the door? Oh, either Georgie or Melvin. Georgie, yep. Georgie. One introduction and Connor was like, you know, like get in. We're all getting in. We all had such a fun night. Um, and then the next weekend I was like, oh, let me see if this works. He's going to kill me. And I was like to Georgie, I was like, Connor Murphy sent us. <laughs> and Georgie's like, Bucket, get on in here. Um, by the way, for everyone listening, uh, Connor Mo- Murphy, if you drop his name, will not get you in. It'll actually get you in handcuffs these days. <laughs> um, depends on depends on the location. But it also kind of says a lot about the people you surround yourself with and also what people think about you, right? Like when I name drop you, like people are like, what a good, like what a good dude. Like if they're associated with him, like they're good in my book. You know, it says, it says a lot about who you are as a person and how you respect yourself and respect others and how you influence the community, which is the coolest part. Cause you know, like if you say the wrong name at the wrong time, they're like, forget that person, forget you. Um, and that's kind of what got me investing in companies early on. Like I was 23 and Eric was introducing me to these companies and they were coming up on their friends and family round. And I didn't know much about investing, but I was like, ah, oh, like I'm going to pay to be relevant. You know, if I become an investor in this company, it's going to add a little clout. Um, it's going to add a little bit to my reputation. Maybe people respond to my DMs or other brands will become interested in working with me. And, you know, that's kind of one of the cooler things about um, how I was able to meet so many people is kind of guilty by association. Like I'm lucky. I feel blessed that worked out for me and I was aligned with very good companies and very good people because obviously it can go the other way. Um, but it says a lot about kind of who you are as a person, right? That people think so highly of you. I mean, I'd say the same for you and it's, and it's, it hasn't just been before I knew you when people were like, Oh, you'd get along so well with this guy. I mean, even afterwards, people will reach out that I'm friends with that like just so, and it's so wild how many people it's like, I don't know everyone in Boston, but yet it's all of these like people that I'm like good friends with and they'll get like DMS or messages or calls and being like, Hey, I met your friend, Dan. And I'm like, where? Like at, you know, whatever location. And I'm like, yep. that's me. Like, Oh, he's such a great person. And I'm like, one, 
for that to happen and meet, but two for like the connection to be drawn, like, Oh, we both know this person. Totally. Like it's, it's cool to have those networking opportunities. And again, I've yet to hear a single person say anything like bad about you. And sometimes you hear it, like sometimes people aren't like directly, you know, assholes, but you'll, you'll, you'll meet someone and they'll be like, Oh, Oh yeah, I know that person. How do you feel about that person? Yeah. Like it's never you can like, t- you can tell people are just like, you can oh, tell. Dan, that's awesome. And and usually that's a testament to one or two things. Obviously, one, a person being a good person, but but two, um, you know, people will only say negative things about someone if they feel confident that you feel the same way. Yeah. So when you speak so highly, and I always have you know good things to say about you, and it's when you speak so highly about someone, people are really excited to know that they met you. But oh, more than anyone else I've met in Boston, it's like, and I re- usually refuse to call you Pickles. I always just call you Dan. But everyone's just like, I met Pickles. And I'm like, where? What you know, what you're doing? And it's never the same story. Exactly. Never, they'd yeah. be like, oh, I was, you know, I was I was one wheeling over in, you know, Everett. And I yeah. met him. And you're like, why was he over there? What's so, he doing? It's I would do back in the day when I first moved here. I well, I didn't have like I was fine. I didn't have everything I dreamed of. And I had a one wheel and I would just ride that everywhere. Like Saturday mornings, I would take the one wheel from Charlestown and ride it to Chestnut Hill because I would not pay $20 for an Uber. And we all know the orange line is trash. And people would be like, and people come and be like, oh my God, pickles. Like, what are you doing? Like on your one wheel, you know, is like so cool. And I think that's something I've always appreciated is I do... I enjoy people coming up and saying hi to me. I enjoy meeting people um, in class, out of class. And, you know, I'm always grateful for them making the contact because I meet so many people on social media and so many people in person. And, you know, sometimes like I'll see somebody in class and I won't recognize them once they have, you know, they're in a suit or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what I tell people is if you feel the urge to say hi, introduce yourself, say hi. And, if you can make the world like a little more friendlier place, just knowing you have someone else on your team or someone who's always going to talk to you like both ways, you know, it goes such a long way. Like I love teaching berries, but it becomes so much better when I feel like I have like 30 or 40 of my like good friends there, you know, as compared to like 30 or 40 strangers, you can create like such an intimate experience and it's so freaking fun. It's so fun. How do you, how can you help someone else kind of if with that initial step, because there's two sides of that. And when I first heard of you, it was like, everyone likes this person. Are they a genuine person is the first thing that I ask. And I truly believe that you are a genuine person because I think you actually do care. But I think there's a lot of people who want to make those introductions because it can then benefit them. Totally. What is it? I mean, even just striking up a conversation with someone, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but for someone who's like, hey, I want to go the same route that Dan's going. I want to do what Pickles is doing with fitness and with real estate. Like, how do I create these genuine relationships? How do you how do you even like initiate that? What is what is the process if there even is one? Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the hardest part is, you know, I hate to say it, like being relevant. Like we're all going about our day to day, so it's like we only have so many people we can talk to. Um, so it's like, how do I become a person of interest to this person? Um, it's like, for example, my girlfriend, the only reason we met was because I had a buyer for her condo. Other than that, if I wasn't a real estate agent, she probably would have never given me the time of day, you know, or at least that initial time of day. <laughs> you would have um, had to try a lot harder. Yeah, exactly. What I had to try, yeah. <laughs> Cause I was not dragging her ass to Barry's class. Um, but with that being said, it's, I think introductions are huge. So I will always ask for help or an introduction Um, if I think it's going to be beneficial and I feel like I receive, I will receive that because people know I would do the same for them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the most important part is not being random and there's tons of ways to do it. You know, if you want to become a fitness trainer, start taking the classes that you want to start teaching, start meeting the trainers, start seeing how it's run. The clientele just become a friendly, regular face there. And you know, whatever you start, there's going to be an investment time, money, effort, sleep, whatever it may be, there's always going to be an investment. You know, nothing comes free. Um, but on the other side of that, you know, is just start getting out of your house, meeting people, you know, see, chat with your coworkers. I think the biggest thing is people are like, oh, I have to drop one thing to do the next thing. And it's like, no, you can do it all. Like you're going to have to sacrifice it. But there was a point where my fitness money was building my manufacturing business. And there was a point recently where my fitness money 
and this was over COVID was building my real estate business. Um, you know, and I think the biggest thing is like join the industry you want to join. And I can talk about fitness because it's what I know intimately. And it's like, start going to classes, you know, worst comes to worst. Hopefully you get a little more fit, you know, or meet somebody else that you um, vibe with, whether it's another client and for real estate, you know, for me, it was talk to the experts, you know, talk to people. I have a couple mentors that are, you know, in their forties, fifties, sixties, and I'll call them about everything. And do I always agree with their advice? Not much, but at the same time, they still have advice, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think it's a, like setting your mind to it and doing something and kind of understanding that you don't have to do it all at once, but there's going to be sacrifices. But if you really care about it and value it and see the opportunity and believe in the opportunity and believe in yourself to make it happen, like give it a go. You know, I'm, we were talking about this earlier where I'm at a point in my life where I don't have many responsibilities in the grand scheme of things. Like if I failed tomorrow, I could move home. Um, if I needed more money, I feel like I could put another deal together. And I feel like at the end of the day, if I failed, I would still have my friends and family and could, you know, try something else. But for me, the hardest part, which I finally feel like I found this year was like the opportunity to build like the lifestyle I wanted, but it's like, you got to try like the biggest thing in the world is, and I mean this from everything, like trying to find a significant other, trying to start a business, trying to join a company, trying to better yourself or better the people around you is like, you just don't want to have regrets. Like I would rather, you know, not be successful in something, but knowing I didn't like it or knowing it didn't work than being like, Oh, like what if, what if, what if, what if, like, I feel like we, you could die if you literally laid in bed and be like, Oh, what if this, what if that, what if I tried this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, at the end of the day, I got to make sure my dog goes to the bathroom and my mortgage is paid. Those are my only two responsibilities, you know, which like once you take in the, order in order, exactly in order. Um, and kind of like once you have that mindset and you're kind of open for any opportunity, like they'll find you and it's totally okay to ask for help. I really liked, I think that first part that you were saying is super profound for people. And I think what I like doing is obviously, I mean, some people will see a gap between where they are and where you are. And it's, it's likely to be a significant gap, but the process of like, how can you start right now? You had, you had said this earlier and it's like, well, the best time for you to start this was a month ago. And there was a quote I read recently that said, the best time for you to start was one year ago. The second best time is right now. Yep. And, and I'm having that and having, giving someone like objective things step that you can take right now or tomorrow in the right direction. Hey, if you want to be a Barry's instructor, start going to Barry's classes, start going, start chatting with the instructors, start, you know, thanking them for their time being like, Hey, this was, you know, I really enjoyed this part of class and, and, and having those conversations. And it's like, you know, it, you're hearing it from the horse's mouth as far as it's like, as how you've done things, how you've gone about it. Like there's a blueprint to get there. And sometimes people see the gap as being so big that they're afraid to put themselves out there. That what if is so large that they're so afraid to put themselves out there to fail, not knowing that it hasn't always been, you know, shit ain't always sweet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the biggest thing is just like, get started, you know, with anything, get started, give it a try. And like, I mean, this sounds superficial, but the best way to find success is just try to be relevant in anything. And I mean, it's asking for help, um, introductions, you know, like the best, we had a trainer, um, and we started training and he was just a client and then came to all my classes and he was like, Hey Dan, like, how do I become a Barry's instructor? And I told him my opinion and he got a couple other opinions and I introduced him to some other fitness studios. Um, to like get experience, um, before, so we could have a very good product coming in with us. But you know, if he just DM'd me out of the blue, like I'm always trying to help people, but it's like some days when I'm really busy, sometimes you get the short end of the stick and I'm like, Hey, just go start working out, you know, click onto the next thing where now that we have a personal relationship and I really do want to help people. Um, it's like, Hey, here are some actual tangible items that you can take. And that's kind of the hardest part with anything is like, how do I find these action item steps, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do I make a million dollars? 
try try something. You know what I mean? Like rob a bank. <laughs> uh, what are you doing later? You want to do that? I mean, honestly, that's been one of my dreams, and, and like I'd love to set it up <laughs> as you know, it's like in like an alternate universe type yeah, scenario. Totally. No repercussions. To really, I mean, I'd kind of like some repercussions. That kind of kind of gives like the whole. <laughs> I'd like to rob a bank. Am I allowed to say that, Hurley? <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's like, ah, everyone's like, I didn't know Connor wanted to do that. Um, just, but with that being said, like, just like put yourself, put yourself out there. And at the end of the day, ask for the order. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I'm coming up now with. I've been blessed where a lot of people have trusted me. Real estate's my newest business out of all of them. And a lot of people have trusted me with buying and, um, selling and helping them with that process. And I've been lucky that a lot of people have come to me because they trust me through fitness. And now it's like, I'm at the point where it's all right. Like it's time to kind of become a savage, like ask for the order. You should be buying with me. You should be selling with me. And that's kind of the point where I feel like I'm in a good spot where when you're new, when you're not making money, you know, when it's very hard, when you feel like you're at the bottom of the Valley, it's like, how can I be collaborative when I'm supposed to collaborate with, you know, someone who's living their best life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, how can I share the wealth if I'm not doing well and I don't feel like I'm doing well. And it's kind of one of the things where I found like, even though you know, it wasn't going in my direction, I can still wake up and smile and do my best and be a nice person and keep showing up every day. And eventually you'll reap the benefits of that. Didn't you just recently win? I remember seeing some posts on there that a bunch of people posted, and there was there's there's too many numbers for me to can't be able to count that high. But it was like <laughs> this is what Pickles has done in this, and I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. Brag a little was, bit. What was it? Was on? it was really cool. Um, since I've started, I've done like twenty million in sales and like under agreement and in contracts. Um, and it's been I think the biggest thing for me is obviously helping people is awesome, but I. And, you know, being able to have a product where you can provide for yourself and um, the people that are important for you is great. But it's like now I feel confidence, like I can help. Mm-hmm. I have the tools, I have the skills, I have the knowledge. And if I don't, I know who to go to where I can help, right? So for example, it's like, you know, let's say same thing. Let's say it's five years, you become an expert. Or once you sell $100 million, you become an expert or you set these goals and as you start getting there, you know, as you get closer, you learn something new every deal, whether it's a little nuance um, or a lender, an attorney or something like that. And that's kind of one of the exciting things is I know that as I do more business, I will become more equipped to handle anything my client needs. So it's been, I mean, it's been fantastic and I love the people I work with and that's what's kind of kept me there. As you know, you can, you see a lot of real estate agents bouncing around companies, trying different companies, which I do think you should do if you're starting in real estate, you know, interview a couple of companies, interview a couple of teams, um, see who you vibe with the most, see who you work with. Um, a lot of the companies will provide similar, but unique, um, like, uh, different tools to become successful. But at the end of the day, you got to like who you work with. You got to like who you work for. Or it's just not going to last. How can people find you if they are listening to this at the one hour mark, where can they follow you along? What's your Instagram? How do they reach out to you? How do they contact you? So the easiest way, I mean, if you see me driving around, my cell phone number's on the side of my car, so don't prank call me. Um, But with that being said, it's at pickles.7. That's on Instagram. Instagram is my main platform. DM me. I'll respond. Um, Unless it's really fucking creepy, then I definitely won't. But if you say something creepy, then you say- Depends on the price. It depends on the price. Um, The one way to get my attention is say, Hey, I want to buy a house. No, I'm kidding. Um, but with that being said, Instagram's the easiest one. It's the platform I use. Uh, most of the time it's at pickles seven. Um, other than that, if you see me in public, say hi, if you're listening to this, say hello. I mean, we always appreciate feedback. If something resonated with you, great. If you have a different experience or opinion, you know, just shoot me a quick note. I'd love to hear about it because at the end of the day, we're all, you know, the same person on this planet trying to do the same thing, provide for ourselves, provide for our families and make the world a better place. Um, so yeah, that'd be great. And if you want to come join, if you want to step up to the plate and come Fridays for a 8 30 AM training session, DM pickles, DM myself. Yeah. My personal Instagram is Connor T Murphy, C O N O R T one N R P H Y one N the Starbucks barista got it really wrong today. Yeah. You did look offended. 
but you were smiling. I don't even think I realized that. <laughs> I think you were more offended. I me. was offended for you. Um, and then you guys can always follow us at Big Night Fitness on Instagram. Um, comment on the YouTube channel. However, you listen to this podcast. If you have any feedback, let us know. We'll always get back to you guys. And uh, final two things: just want to thank Dan for coming in here and sharing some insight on uh, on his life. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I think it's a really unique opportunity to kind of most people see me through social media, and it's a really nice way to sit down and kind of put what's going on up here out into the world. Um, and I hope it doesn't get me in trouble because I always make the joke. I'd be an HR violation if I was in a corporation. Well, you're, you're looking at a walking HR <laughs> violation now. So, so, and now you also know that he's the best dressed person I've ever met. So took a long, took a long time to get here as well. As it always does. I mean, it's Tuesday. Tuesdays are, are, are just the worst traffic days in Boston, but, um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, tune in next week. And uh, again, if you have any feedback, let us know. But we will uh, we'll see you guys next time.